Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Ugh, you know. That good, huh? We're like into January and I'm already done. You got the you got the you got the winter blahs. You know I'm like where's 2020 yeah. already? Yeah, uh, I'm actually looking forward to 2020 because it's so much fun to say. Because we'll be in the 20s. Yes. We'll be in the roaring 20s. We'll be in the roaring 20s. We get to roar. Yeah. And you being a Leo, you're you're all good right? with that, right? Every so. day will be the Great Gatsby. Exactly. So I got this thing. So remember this last episode we did? It was bread and jam for Francis, yes. right? Apparently. The, the the readership, the listenership, I'll say. The listenership, the people who like children's books have been waiting all their lives for somebody <laughs> to properly praise or at least talk about that book because the response, I have not seen anything like it on this show. People were crazy about Francis. And uh, to the point where I got kind of a cool message. And normally I'd like relegate this to the letter section, but I wanted to read it now. It was from Fran Manushkin. Uh who uh, dated Ezra Jack Keats back in the day. So anyway, Fran Ryerson, she, she was, she's been in publishing a while. And she says, uh, Betsy, I haven't listened to your podcast yet, but I will. Woohoo! In it, do you talk about the coloriz- colorizing of the books? Any issues about them? The original illustrations for Bread and Jam were black with pre-separated red and blue tones. When I was at Harper and Row, I worked on a bargain for Francis, and one of my jobs was to check the color separations. Hard work for Lillian Hoven and hard work for the copy editors. That that's a whole that's a whole world I know nothing about. Color separations. What? You, you separate them colors. Why? Because it was you had to that you had to do that to print them. It was a complicated process to make a colored picture book, and printing required the colors to be separate and then back. It was a whole thing. So I was thinking, and I you know I'm just floating this out there. We don't have to do it, but. If we ever wanted to do follow-up episodes to certain books, we could interview someone who in some way had some connection to them, say Fran on the the Francis books. Or uh, we could bring in uh, scholar Phil Nell, who's an expert on Dr. Seuss, and, and ask him why the Grinch has such a lovely butt. You know, things like that. <laughs> we could get the necessary questions answered. This is what I'm trying to say. So I'm just floating the idea. Yeah. Like, if we ever want to do supplemental episodes sure. or something yeah little extras i'd like to get more more guests on this show and i think we need more guests on the show too so this is a very special episode uh yes. because it's that time of year again what time of year is it kate award season award season and we're not talking about the oscars we're not talking about the emmys or the golden globes or any of that crap we're talking about the caldecott da, 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 da. the caldecott it's a wonderful award. It goes to picture books every single year. And uh, there is no long list or short list or a list of any kind until it comes out. So you don't know anything that's a contender can win. That's like, weird. It is. I love it. Because it gives this whole thrill to the process. Like, remember last year when we discussed three books? Mm-hmm. So we discussed Crown. Mm-hmm. We discussed Wolf in the Snow. Uh-huh. And we discussed After the Fall. Yeah. 
So the, the way they announce it, they announce the honors first, and then they say, and the award for the Caldecott Medal of 2018 goes to, and then they say it, but because they count down the honors first, they hadn't mentioned Wolf in the Snow, and they hadn't mentioned After the Fall. So I'm just sitting there going like, it's got to be one or the other, man. It's got to be one or the other. But which one's it going to be? And then it was Wolf in the Snow, which was wonderful. Um, not that After the Fall wasn't wonderful, too. But So do they announce the honors the same day? They do, yes. And they do the boring, I'm sorry, not the boring <laughs> awards for, totally the boring awards for, they do all the other awards. So the ones for nonfiction, the one for easy books, the ones for audiobooks, the ones for YA stuff. <laughs> they do all that stuff first, and then they're leading up. They're leading up. They're See, leading I kind of wish it was like the Oscars, where you get the nominations first, and mm. then you can spend weeks, like, talking about them and, like, pitting them against each other. But, baby, I'm so clued into this because two out of those three books were honors and award winners that you don't need a long list, baby, or a short list either. I've got the books right here. I've got three, just like last year, and I'm convinced at least two of them again are going to be winners. And I'm convinced one of them is definitely going to be the award winner. But we're going to wow. see if you can predict, like I did, which one I think is going to win. So I'm going to hold these up one by one, and you're going to read their titles. Now, what's this one? We don't eat our classmates. <laughs> oh, he's got drool coming off his face. She, oh. as you can see, she's she's wearing a lovely pair of pink overalls. Hey, boys can wear pink they overalls. They can. You're right. You're right. And and I like that he didn't give her um, eyelashes. But her name is Penelope, and, and she is a she. And who is it by? Uh, Ryan T. Higgins. Yes, so that's one. That's actually a surprise one. I think I'll, I'll, that's not going to be making it to a ton of mock Caldecott. What's number two? Dreamers. By, it's pronounced Juji Morales. Juji Morales. Yes. Dreamers Ju by Juji. Juji. Yeah. Interesting. And it's spelled Y-U-Y-I. Yep. She's a Mexican. Mexican-American. Huh. And, uh, and it look, if you take off the cover... Oh, look, their eyes are closed. Oh, their awake. eyes are open. Their eyes are open on the cover, awake. but you take off the cover. And then sleeping. The eyes are closed. They're open. That's cute. And they're closed. Okay. And they're open. All right. And they're closed. It's yeah. so cute. I kind of okay. wish that the bird and the, and the butterfly... Yeah, the bird and the butterfly aren't doing anything. Them. Maybe their eyes are closed and open, too. We don't know. They're kind of far away, so... <laughs> we don't know. And then the third one is... Blue. Yep. I'm blue. ba ba dee ba ba uh -huh. uh -huh. And who's it by? Ah, oh, jeez. Laura Vaccaro. Vaccaro? Sure. Seeger. Yeah! Niece of Pete Seeger. Fun fact. Huh. So there you go. Three beautiful books, and you're going to have to take some time to Wait, read do all the illustrators, are they the same as the authors? In all three cases, they're author illustrators. Yes. Okay. This, none of these books have separate author illustrators. I didn't do that on purpose. These are just the three that I thought would be the most interesting to talk about and that I think have the best chance. I can tell you right now which one I think you think it is, but... You don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I have no idea. You have no idea. All right, I'm gonna... You haven't even read them yet. Nope. I'm just going off covers. Yeah, yeah. But... All right. Okay. Read them. Okay. Read them! While Kate's doing her read, I thought a fun thing to do would be to give you a little background information that you may not already know about the three books we're talking about today. Let's start with Dreamers uh, by Juji Morales. Now, this is coming from a Publisher's Weekly interview that she conducted alongside her editor, Neil Porter. And the question was, where did this story sort of come from? Aside from the usual, you know, it is very much her own story. And she said... 
Charlotte Sheedy, her, her agent, uh, had this idea. All authors who are immigrants should be writing their own story, perhaps collected in an anthology or published as a series of books by individual authors. I don't know if she convinced anyone else, but she certainly convinced you and me. I thought if it was going to happen, it wouldn't be right away, as I was working on my graphic novel. Okay, so uh, stopping presses right here. Shuji Morales is working on a freaking graphic novel? Why did I not know this? And why is it not in my possession right now? Because it's not done yet. Ugh. All right. Second, we have Blue by Laura Vaccaro Seeger. So she was asked um, in this interview, this actually comes from an interview with Hornbook, and she was asked to tell a story about blue paint. Just any old story about blue paint she wanted to, because, you know, her book is called Blue. So she said, When I was a child, I was given an assignment to create a pointillist painting. We had the choice of using shades of blue or its complement, orange. I was the only one who chose orange, and my painting was hideous. I brought it home and hastily threw it in the trash. The next day, it was sitting in our living room. My father had retrieved it from the garbage. I threw it away again. About a week later, I came home and found it framed and hanging on our living room wall. It's astonishing how a simple act of encouragement can make the difference of a lifetime for a young artist. That's such a good story. All right, and then uh, third, we have Ryan T. Higgins, who did uh, We Don't Eat Our Classmates. This is also from a Publishers Weekly interview. He gives some really good information about the whole process of making this book, particularly his T-Rex, Penelope, and how it was really hard to make her cute. He said, she was more dinosaur-like at first, and then I ended up rounding her out, making her as stumpy as possible, and giving her those cute pink overalls. Another thing was that I put her eyeballs way down on her face. The lower down you put eyeballs on a face, the more it looks like a baby. It automatically makes something look cuter. I rounded her teeth, too. Everything is rounded off to make her as unscary as possible. I will have links to all three of these interviews, which are available online, in the show notes of this show. And we're back. Hello. Hello. We forgot a while. It took me a little bit. A little bit. A little bit there. There's three books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't realize that you would be handing these to me in the order that I like them. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. All right. Well, you kind of gave away the game there, didn't you? What? I, well, I guess no one knows what order. I mean, I did say what order I handed you them did. to. I did. I did. Yeah. Well, let's let's start with the one on the top, then. We don't eat our classmates. We sure as heck do. Yeah, well, she does. Yeah. She's not supposed to. Yeah. No. So what is, what is she? What are we looking at here? She is Penelope Rex. Mm. She is a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's like... Itty bitty arms. She's, she's like a kindergartner. Yeah, she's a kindergartner. And a new kindergartner. She's so cute. She's got all of her little... She's like getting ready for her first day of school, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we get to the page where they talk about her lunch, and I'm like, we just did a foodie book. We did, but about I an, don't think you're About gonna... an enormous lunch. That's <laughs> true. And now you're giving me a book where she, she has a lunch of 300 tuna sandwiches. Do you like tuna sandwiches? No. It looks very unappetizing to me. And they, it's like tuna sandwiches with cheese. What? Is there cheese in there? That's what it looks like to me, that there's like pieces. That does look like cheese. Like American cheese. Yeah. Ooh. That and just she... made it more unappetizing. <laughs> and she eats 300 of Well, this. she is a T-Rex. 
even though she's a little one. Yeah. And one juice box. Yes, and one juice box. Yeah. So she goes to this school mm-hmm. where she learns that all of her classmates are children. You do think she would have been warned about this? Well, would she? Actually, honestly, she might have been told about this before. And she just wasn't paying attention. But I really like how, like, I saw this page and I'm like, oh, cool, you got a, you got a kid in a yarmulke, mm. you got, like, a white girl, you got an mm-hmm. Asian boy, you got, like, a black girl, you got, like, all these different... Yeah, you eth- got a nice multi-ethnic, you know, room in there. Yeah, and when <laughs> she proceeds to eat them all... Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm thinking... That's a great page turn. How did she just eat all of them with tiny little arms? I assume she moves real fast. I it's guess. the only thing I can figure because yeah, it's a good question. And what like kind of like just, just like a, like a opens scoop. like unhinges her jaw. Yeah, like and a just anaconda. kind of rams forward and they fall in. They must, or it must be like magnetic. I don't know what it is, but she is very. I mean, you would think the teacher would have stopped her, but so she must have moved like lightning quick on that one. I I just couldn't figure that. Are out. they gone forever? By the way, no. They she spits them all out <laughs> no. and they're covered in saliva. They and are. one little girl is like giving the fist. Oh, I love she's the She's shaking fist. her fist like, yeah. why I oughta. <laughs> one of these days, Penelope. One of these days. So she can't make friends because she wants to eat all of them. Yeah, it does make it hard And all the friends, kids but... are a little wary of this. Yeah. So she's very lonely. I mean, imagine this was their first day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she comes lonely, home yeah. and, like, dad makes her a snack of a double cheeseburger, which is very cute. She must like cheese. He took the pickles off, though, which is very, oh, very nice. That's interesting. Maybe she likes pickles, but not on her burger. That's entirely possible. Anyway, so he's like... He's a good daddy. You know, how was your first day of school? And she said, well, no one wanted to play with me. And he said, did you meet your classmates? Well, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> and he said, sometimes it can be hard to make friends, especially mm. when you eat them. So yeah. she, oh, you see, Penelope, children are are the same as us on the inside, just tastier. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think anyone has ever told me about, like, a cow or a chicken, like... No. They're just like us, only tastier on the inside. I don't think they are like us. <laughs> so I, she I'm goes to bed, much. but what I think is interesting is that she goes to bed with a stuffed Triceratops. Mm-hmm. The Triceratops and the T-Rex do not get along. Well, they, it's a mythical creature to her then. Oh, but didn't the Triceratops not exist at the same time as the T-Rex? No, 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 no. they did. Did they? they? Yeah. I thought they, they were like millions of years apart or something no, like that. They existed and together and they fought. A lot. Are you sure? Yes. I was just at the Field Museum. Okay. And Was it the Stegosaurus then that didn't exist? There's something yeah, that you see. Been, okay, maybe that I'm thinking of that It might have been the Stegosaurus. Because I know there was something that, like, we exist closer in time to the T-Rex than the T-Rex exists in time to, like, the Stegosaurus. Okay. Which well, is insane to me, but and yeah. For those who don't know what Triceratops looks like, think of in Toy Story 3, Kristen Schaal's character. Perfectly said. That is, Perfectly said. That's the Triceratops. Well done. Yes. Yeah. With <laughs> One of my favorite characters. I hope she gets more screen time in the next Toy Story. <laughs> I love that, you know, she, Penelope goes back to school and she eats uh, William Omoto. She does. And so she has to spit William back out, and he's calmly putting his shoe back yeah, on. Yeah, no, he but... seems to be, like, have come around to it at this point. The other kids are screaming, but he's just sort of resigned. Right, that it's way only day kids... two, and he's yeah, I know, like, I know. Like, this is my life. This is my life, is the look on his face. Maybe he thinks, like, like this she's is just... a bully, I'm just gonna admit Yeah, it. that is very much the, what that look is, yeah. And then we meet Walter. Walter is, can I just say, of all the illustrations 
of 2018, Walter is my favorite. Walter is my tattoo. Uh, How could he not be? Look at his eyes. His soul is dead. (laughs) Or he's seen things that no one should see. I mean, there's something wrong with this goldfish. Well, yeah, everyone is... Really wrong. Everyone's afraid of Penelope except for Walter the goldfish. Right. And as soon as I saw Walter, I just wrote, new tattoo. Yeah. Walter. Yeah, he's... He's horrible. So Penelope Penelope tries making friends with him, and he immediately chomps on her finger with a big, giant chomp. Yeah, no, he's a goldfish. And she cries, and she wails, because she has this goldfish attached to her hand. Yes. He has no teeth. He's not a piranha. Well, he but he chomps. So... Apparently, he's got a good, good, strong jaw work there. Yeah. <laughs> so she learned. Oh, apparently, when someone tries to eat you, it doesn't feel good. I know. Which is a great lesson it for is all a good, of us to learn. It is a good. It's empathy. That's what I'm talking about. Empathy. And so she stopped eating her classmates, mm-hmm. and soon she became friends with her classmates, which is really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and now, whenever she looks at children. She thinks about Walter and remembers what it's like when she was almost eaten. <laughs> and I love this line. And Walter the goldfish stares right back at her and licks his lips. And I really wanted that to be the last line. Oh no, but I love the last part. The last line of because the book. Because this is important. Is because dinosaurs are delicious. And now he's looking at you there. He's not looking at you in that one. In the very first time you see him, but then the second time, well, he's looking right the dead at you. one pupil is looking at you. Right. The other one isn't. And then on the last page, yeah. they're both looking exactly. at you. Exactly. He is focused on you. You're next, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. except dinosaurs are delicious. Dinosaurs are delicious, yeah. Not humans. Can I tell you a story about Walter? So okay. I, read a, I read an interview with Ryan T. Higgins about this book. And uh, Walter is based on an actual goldfish that he owned. That was a murderous killer goldfish that he was supposed to like live, you know, two days. That he got it like a, you know, he I think he wanted a fair, and instead killed everything, like killed the snails, killed any fish that you put in there with him. So they just left him alone. So Walter has a real world equivalent. I think didn't we own fish that also would yes, kill other fish? Horrible cannibalistic <laughs> fish. This is why I kind of maybe this is why I love Walter so much because I fear fish now because of those fish we owned. It wasn't <laughs> like we didn't feed them. They just ate each other cuz they're monsters. But I do like at the end of this book there's like it looks like real kid drawings of yeah. dinosaurs on the last page, which I was like that is a cool touch. Now, did you look under the cover? No. I think it's important for you to do so now. You got to you got to look underneath the cover. <laughs> what what do you see there? Walter the goldfish has five or six straws connected together to one box of apple juice. Her apple juice. Remember, she only gets one and Walter's <laughs> drinking it. So she's given up her box of apple juice to make him happy. He's the bully of the book. Yeah. She's the bully and then he shows her that bullying is bad and then he becomes I the bully. I love that book though. I love, Isn't it great? I love the illustrations. Yeah. I love like the story. I love the little details all throughout the book. It's just a good... I just really like that book. I really like it, too. And, you know, it's a funny book, which means... You're going to tell me it's not going to win. It might. Because two years ago, there was a book called Leave Me Alone by Vera Brosgall. And I would have told you it didn't have a snowfall's chance in hell of winning the, the Caldecott. And it got an honor. So that's got me to thinking. I'm like, this book... You know, because every year, every year, when it's, like, back to school time, 
a slew of picture books come out that are all back to school books and they're terrible but there's always one that rises to the top and this year it was clearly this one but i think it rises above back to school book i oh, think yeah. this is this is a story for our time i think it is funny it is the choices made throughout this book the art i think i mean he's an amazing artist but it's good art but it's, it's great also like character work it's also the timing of where the where the dialogue goes, like, mm-hmm. on a page turn. It's like, yeah, blah, yes. and oh. then she eats everyone. And then it's she like, ate them, yeah. which is apparently when he reads this aloud, and this happened to a co-worker of mine who did it in the story time, the children do not laugh. <laughs> they stand, and they sort of, they're like little jaws go down, and then she spits them out, and then they laugh. So, because they're just so shocked <laughs> that she ate them. And then it's okay, and they're allowed to laugh. I'm surprised that you um, don't mind the the gaping black holes of her eyes. Usually the the black dot eyes, but um, this does have like little reflective yeah. parts in it. So. Just like the unicorn in the in the corner. It's like yeah. it's like the eyes from uh, Puss in Boots and Shrek. You know the big yes the big yes pupils. That's what it's like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know you're gonna say this isn't gonna win, but I don't. I won't. I don't think it's this, going to win. This the is gold. my choice. Yeah. Yeah. This is your gold choice. This is it my would, choice. You know, it's 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 a lovely book. I think it's gonna. It's got a real chance at an honor. I really honestly. I'd be happy do. with an honor. I would be happy with an honor too. It's probably gonna get bub kiss because it's funny and funny never gets the respect. But I think it's hard to do funny. The, the book that I see actually winning would be Dreamers. Yes. Which, I don't hate it. I mean... Yeah, the, it's a true story, The say. art is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's got photography, it's got drawings, mm-hmm. it's got paintings. Embroidery. It's very cool. Like, it's it's very unique. Cool. And I love the mom's dress throughout the entire the thing. The mom's dress is fascinating to me. So it looks like... We'll describe it. How would you describe that dress? They're, they're mainly brown leaves... But with hints of random colored leaves, like a pink leaf, a brown, uh, a blue leaf, a green leaf, an, an orange leaf, a yellow leaf, and they're all from the knees to her waist, yeah. going vertically. That's what's up so interesting that they're going instead up. of down. Now I didn't think they were leaves. I thought they were feathers. Oh, but I could see leaves too. Feathers make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's it's that same look yeah 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 and it's it's very of the time with the book being called dreamers Mm -hmm. with like what's going on right now and dreamers and yeah it's it's very immigration it's very relevant to america yeah yep and i thought this was very clever at one point she says the sky and the land welcomed us in words unlike those of our ancestors and you look up at the sky, and there's all these words in the clouds that are backwards. Yeah. And they're all the things that you would, that she probably heard, not being able to speak English, and right. people who are trying to understand her when she's speaking Spanish, and they say, um, what? Speak English? Mm-hmm. Say something? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very poignant. And, yes. Yeah. Um, I had to Google Translate a lot, because I don't speak Spanish. Oh, interesting. So and I, I haven't Google translated, so I'll be interested in what you, you found on oh. that. Well, I just thought it was interesting when she said, and I, again, I don't speak English, or I don't speak Spanish, yeah. so I'm going to butcher this. Right. But she said, you and I became Kamenantes, C-A-M- I don't know what that means. I-N-A-N-T-E-S. Uh-huh. It means hikers. Oh! 
right, because she would walk all day. Yeah, thousands and thousands of steps we took around this land until the day we found, and it's the hero of the book. Of course. The library. The library is the hero. And I'm looking at all these book covers that are... They're real. Every single one of them. I know, because I recognize Lampopo. Oh, hey, I go Lampopo. And I would say they're not... I mean, in spite of the fact of being Lampopo and we've done it on this show, I would say these are not the usual suspects. It's not... Usually in a book like this, when they're like, I went to the library, and it's like, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, uh, Good Night Moon. And these are clearly books that were there when she came in, because they're all from that time period I can recognize. Yeah, I love the fact that I just recognized one. Yay, you recognize one because there's a lot in oh, here. Oh yeah, there's she like at least thirty in here. Them. Yeah, she just keeps painting those covers. But I love that. You, so the story is that you know this mother and her baby go from Mexico to America. She gets up to San Francisco. She doesn't speak any English, but mm. by going to the library. She's able to learn English through all of these books and look at the pictures and understand the stories. Mm -hmm. And it's beautifully done with all this different kind of art. And she said, where we didn't need to speak, we only needed to trust. And we did. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the language in this book is not like the language of a children's book that I would expect. Right, yeah. It's almost like a poem. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. It's very... It's almost verses in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... You could set it to music. She learns to speak and she learns to write English. And at the very end of the book, um, she says, we are love, which is how the story began. Mm-hmm. But then at the very end of the book, it's the author slash illustrator's story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what I thought was interesting. Okay. In her backstory, she married the baby's father. Right. Who, who is a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. who is not featured in this book. True. Why? Well, because he didn't play a part in what she would do every day when he was at work, I assumed. Hmm. I assumed he was at work, and then she had to figure out what... Cause I, okay, yeah. so I've been a mom home alone with a kid when I first had my babies, you know, and I'd stay home, and there was that point where... You know, Matt would not be home, and I would be home with the babies. And then you've got to figure out how to fill the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she, it is a challenge. It, she does say, though at first it was a little difficult for a little baby to stay longer than a few minutes mm-hmm. in a library. Eventually we were able to spend entire afternoons looking at picture books. Yep. And then she says her kid, not yet two years old, was given a library card. Yes. Which I'm like, how old... Um, I have known some library systems where if the pregnant woman comes in, you can sign up the unborn baby for the library card. What? Yeah. No, no. It, I've known libraries that go to hospitals and go to the maternity wards and sign up the babies for... No, they get, they get in there as soon as possible because this is how you get people... Like, okay, here's how it works. You're a kid, you go to the library. You become a teen, you don't go to the library. You become an adult, you don't go to the library. You have kids you start going to the library again. Uh-huh. And that's how they do it. They, they know, hey, by the way, story times. And then parents are like, story times. And then they come and then they have a library. Hey, I have this library card. I might as well check out these kids' books. So, huh. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this one's... Yeah. Um, it's, a, so it's a relevant story. You have... It's a beautiful book. Figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I would say that if this book does not win, it will be upsetting to many people. Uh, this is the clear-cut winner, I would say. 
Um, you, for all the reasons that you mentioned, plus librarians are a lot like when Holly, you know when Hollywood at the Oscar Awards um, gives the Oscar to the movie about Hollywood? Yeah. Like, like a salute to Hollywood. Like, um, like the artist, mm -hmm. like La La Land, like, yep. yeah. which didn't win, but right. yes, I, I know. But um, librarians have this weakness uh, for books that say how great librarians are, and librarians are the ones who determine this award. But even if that were not in here, I would say that this would win because she does another thing. She changes her style. She doesn't do a single style in this book. And if you change your style, like in Wolf in the Snow with that ultra-realistic wolf, mm -hmm. uh, you will have a much better chance, I'd say, of winning. Plus, she's never gotten the gold. Um, she will give a killer acceptance speech that I cannot wait to see. Um, and she's just the nicest person. By the way, I totally want to see her son come because this baby is now, like, in his 20s. He's ripped. He's got, like, piercings and tattoos. Nice. He's a very handsome man. And, uh, yeah, and then you look at the you do adorable baby, and then you see this guy, and he's, like, taller than she is, and it's just, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew as soon as you pulled that book out, I was like, that's the one You did know, yeah. yeah. I kind of showed my And hand. then we come to the book that I hate. hate. Oh, you, you can't hate blow. Oh, but I can. Oh, explain this ridiculousness, my dear. All right, the book is called Blue. Sure is. I flipped the first page, and the first thing I said was, I already don't like it. Because <laughs> it's a baby? What? Because it reminded me of Love You Forever. Really? The same colors. Oh, no. The same, like, not really clear drawings. Like, it. this is fuzzy. That was kind of fuzzy. It wasn't, like... This is done in thick paints, but all right. I, I don't know. It is, yeah, then but yeah. Then I flipped to the second page, mm -hmm. and there's a cutout on the page. There is a cutout. And I thought, hmm, stealing from Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, come on. Hungry Caterpillar was just the exact same circle on every page. This is very meticulous as where they put the die cuts. The third page, I flip it, and it's like a cutout of dog prints going across the pages. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool with the cutouts, but it's still stealing. <laughs> But no one else is allowed to do cutouts nope. from now on. All right. Nope. Good to know. Good to know. And it's just like, it's just two words. I'm not going to show you words. any of her other books. Then. It's just two <laughs> words on every page. It is. It's two words, but it's telling a story with just two words on every it's page. It's something blue. That's true. So it's, it's something like blue, yes. Ocean blue sky, blue. sky blue. Midnight blue. What's happening? What's happening as you're going through this? So, is it still a baby? So is it's about still? a kid and his mm -hmm. dog. Sure. And the kid grows up and mm -hmm. the dog's growing up. And it's, you know, silly blue, stormy blue, chilly blue, because they're out in the snow. And then it gets to old blue. Mm -hmm. And then true blue, where he's, like, holding his dog. And then it gets to so blue. That's a, that's a, that's a dead, I gave you a dead dog. <laughs> and then it's just this boy, and he's just sitting on a beer, and there's no dog. And I'm like, okay. All right, book. You got me. Until I flip the oh, freaking no page. You're not going to let him a new dog? Blue, blue. I'm like, you, you just. <laughs> Wait, you wanted to end on the dead dog? And, or at Sorry, least, kids. Death is forever. Or at least end on just the, the guy walking along. No, he has to meet a girl with her dog. And then... He replaced the dog, and he is dating someone who has a dog. That's not replacing the, his dog. Betsy, the last two words are new blue. What? It's a new relationship. No. 
No. I don't think he's renaming her dog or anything. I think it's... I do not approve. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it the drawings. Books today. I don't like the story. Not killing off the dog at the end. I don't like any of it. <laughs> I like the cover page and that's it. All right. What is the cover page out of curiosity? No, no, no. no. The cover Oh, the, the cover book. page. Yes. Yeah. So this is a follow-up to Green. But Green didn't really have a story to it. Um, so Laura Vicarosi, yeah, no, these die cuts are her thing. She's been doing these She's systematically. Stealing. He's not stealing. It's completely different from Eric Carl. He did them, like, in the exact same size, in the exact same place. And these are, like, hugely varied from page to page, like, what shape they are. Um, no. <laughs> plus, it can tell an entire story with just two words on every page and then just the art. Yeah, and not just bad. replacing a pet like it's not a big deal. <laughs> you don't even have a dog. I want a dog. I know you do. That's why I was, yeah, I was bringing this. So I thought you'd like the dog. No. But then it died. I don't like it. I want a T-Rex instead. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So... Uh, I guess we're not going to rate them just because it's not really what we do with the Calvin. I, mean, I rated them myself. You basically rated yourself. And then I would say, I'm actually going to say that I definitely think Blue will get an honor. I think, I think absolutely Dreamers will win. And I pray to God we don't need our classmates get something, anything. Uh, come on, committee. Come on. Okay. Uh, letters. Lovely letters. Yeah. Yes. So... Um, Emily Schneider wrote in, and I don't usually do people's last names, but I'm going to link to a blog post she wrote because this was in response to our Bread and Jam for Francis uh, post that we did. And she wrote, okay, so we had discussed the illustrations, which are by Lillian Hoban. Hoban! Okay, I should have never said her name. All right. The previous, the first book in the series was by Garth Williams. He's best known for the Little House books, for Charlotte's Web, for, you know, Cricket in Times Square, all that stuff. And she says, well... In Elizabeth K. Wallace and James D. Wallace's biography, Garth Williams, American Illustrator, A Life, the authors discuss Williams' resentment at the fact that Lillian Hoban appropriated, as he saw it, his original idea to make Francis a badger, not a vole. What? What? <laughs> Seriously, apparently, I, uh, for if I need to get this book so I can confirm this, but what this sounds like is that Russell... Hoban, uh, not his name, and <laughs> wrote the book with to be a family of voles, and that it was Garth Williams who came up with the brilliant idea of making her a badger, which is much more cuddly instead. Uh, I just looked up pictures of voles. Yeah. Those are pretty cuddly. They're cuddly, but they're teeny, and they're kind of like moles. They're like li they're little mice. Yeah, I guess they are like mice. But Why? Why, why, why waste your time on a vole? That's what I want to say. It, she would have been the most famous vole in history, but I think Badger was the right way to go. That's two voles having sex. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> oh, she, oh, and she continues, uh, Finally, I just blogged about what I saw as an homage to Brendan Jam for Francis in Debbie Michiko Florence's wonderful Jasmine Toguchi series. I will include a link to that in our show notes in case people are curious about that. Jane wrote in, uh, she also liked the book, and she said, It was one of the books I most looked forward to sharing with my daughter. Alas, she could not tolerate anthropomorphism. If you can't tolerate anthropomorphism, you, you, where animals act like people, you're not gonna make it long in the picture book world, as far yeah. as I can tell. Like, what is it, all people all the time? 
Sure. That would be fascinating. Like, what is the reading list? So your Knuffle Bunnies, your Alexander and the not, Terrible Horrible. No, it's not Knuffle Bunny because the bunny. The bunny never moves. The eyes move. Yeah, that's wrong. And it, it, I'm excising that from the record. No, no, no. It that's not move. anthropomorphism anyway. He is still a stuffed bunny. He might move, but he's still stuffed. He's not like a bunny pretending to be a person. He moved his eyelids, Betsy. Yeah, I'm sure the kid would be fine with that one. <laughs> It's fine. It's not like the pigeon. The pigeon is a, an animal right, right. that acts like a, right. you know, like a frat guy. All right. CJ wrote in. So we're talking about Francis. Okay. This is actually through Twitter. So CJ and Stephanie, the third sister, uh-huh. got went back and forth because CJ discovered something. I love that book so much. We had a tape of Glynis Johns reading all the Francis books, and I wore them out. Do you know who Glynis Johns is? Nope. Remember Mary Poppins? Sure. Remember the mom votes for women? Oh, yeah. That's Glynis Johns, who was a big Broadway star. Hmm. She was the original um, Desiree in Little Night Music. Um, she had she was in a ton of movies as well. Uh, and she apparently did the reading of the Francis books in England. So then CJ and Stephanie went back and forth about getting a recording and how you can get it from England, uh, but it's not all the stories. And, and how can you find all the stories? So if anyone knows where you can get the full Glynis Johns digital recordings or otherwise of the Francis books, uh, please write us at fusekdata at gmail.com. Cool. Grown up things we like. Oh, you first. Okay, you're trying to think. I can see it in your eyes. Oh, you're trying, trying to think about. of something. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I happen to have one. I finally saw Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, how I had was not it? seen Crazy Rich Asians. I'd heard many good things about it, uh-huh. and uh, so got got myself a, a screener and sat down and watched that thing. And it's delightful. It's just a fun, fun movie. Hmm. Um, I did not know this is the first time I've seen Aquafina in a film. I've never actually seen her act in anything before, even though she's been in about like twenty films this year. Uh, she was great. Uh, everybody in it was great. It was just really well done. If you just want to watch a really fun, I guess I'd call it romantic comedy, I guess, uh, that's the one to watch. So kudos, people, for, for making the film, and, and uh, kudos me for watching it. Cool. Finally getting around to watch it, rather. Hmm. Yourself. Okay, I thought of something. Okay, what'd you do? Okay, so the it's a board game. Oh, of course. surprising. And I got it over the holidays. I don't think you've done one since the holidays, have you? What? Mentioned a board game? Last week it was the museum. Oh, right. So Never mind. I Continue. So I thought I would do a board game this time. All right. Surprise, surprise. But it's called Villainous, mm. which is all about Disney villains. Ooh. You get to choose between one of six Disney villains. Can you, you be, can you be, can you be Madame Mim? No. What? No. She's, <sighs> they do have an even split of males and females. That's nice. Which That's is nice. good for them. So the males, you have Captain Hook. Yes. Jafar. Yes. And Prince John. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess. And I then, never think of it as a major... I mean, I would have thought Scar might have been. I would have gone with the guy from Hunchback, Claude Frollo. Uh, He's creepy. Scar. Oh, Scar. Actually, you're right. Scar's way better. Then for the women, you have Maleficent, Ursula, mm-hmm. and the yep. Queen of Hearts. Yeah. If you didn't have Ursula, I think the masses would revolt. Or Maleficent, because she's huge. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, but it's right. interesting because everyone... So each villain is in their own realm. The only way you interact with someone else's realm is when you fate them. Mm-hmm. So there's like a deck of everyone that everyone has with fate cards, and if you land on a certain square, 
you and you have a fate icon you can fate someone so like if you have if you're prince john someone can fate you with like robin hood or maid marion or an item or an effect and which could hinder your ultimate goal so everyone has an ultimate goal and you're trying to stop other people's ultimate goals yeah oh okay whoever gets to their ultimate goal first wins right problem with this game is that it takes a good 20 minutes to read the instructions mm-hmm. or watch the video because they do provide like go to this link and watch the video oh i way. remember on christmas you just disappearing for long periods of time to watch this video yeah. and then not having any more clue when you, you really done. have to play it like a good three or four times in order Jeez. to understand how to play it but once you do it's super fun the problem is there's just a crap ton of instructions so <laughs> once you get through all of those it is a fun game to play and if you like Disney, then it's right up your alley. It does look really fun. You know what would make it just one bit better? What's that? Madam Ma'am. Seriously, uh, take out the Queen of Hearts. I do not think anyone would cry over that. And put in Madam Ma'am. Anyway, so Go to yeah. Work. Yeah, yeah it, it's on Amazon. It's called Villainous. Excellent. Big green box. All right. Check I'll it out. Up. I'll put a link up on that. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll just have to see what actually wins. Uh, I'm all about the T-Rex. I'm going to wear my T-Rex shirt. I got my T-Rex magnet. I'm all about Penelope. Go, Penelope. I got you. I'm for you. I love Walter. I'll go get a tattoo of Walter now. Yeah, I might have to race you to get the Walter tattoo because I want them to. Nope, I already got it. I think I... I already got it. Okay, uh... It's on my lower back. Really? Yeah. You have a a Walter trans tail? I do. I don't think I can beat that. All right. (laughs) But if you guys listening want to watch the live feed... Um, which you can Google and it, it comes right up. Uh, it will be on Monday, January 28th at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, so, yeah, y'all should watch that because it is a good show. 8 a.m. specific time. Got it. Nope, not specific. Pacific. What? That's that's a different thing. I'm going to eat your finger now. Okay. I'm, I've am i been Betsy. I'm Kate and Hungry. Oh, boy. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kine. And our Drew Etienza is Drew Etienza. I can't believe I haven't done that one yet. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. Nom, 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 nom.